Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Crybaby Anime Club. Um, we are back again. Uh, this time, celebrating, celebrating, that's the word I'm going to use for this, celebrating the OVA Golden Boy, originally uh, originally released as a manga. It was serialized from 91 to 98 in 10 volumes. Um, it was written and directed by a Tetsuya Ugawa. Um, uh, f- one funny note about him, he actually went on to direct live action porn. Oh, okay. I, um, I can see it. So, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Um, but like from the 80s, he was working as like an illustrator and stuff. Uh, and so so Golden Boy is like the, the like written manga and, and like that work is what he's most famous for. I think it kind of feels like selling out because it's probably a lot easier and cheaper to make real porn That's than true. like hentai or like hentai adjacent animated stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So this this the manga ran from ninety one to ninety eight. The show was an OVA, as we've discussed, original video animation, um, which is anime that goes straight to home release instead of being aired on TV or in theaters. Um, so it was originally released as an OVA ninety five and ninety six, um, and it follows the uh, wandering student Kintaro Oe. Um, this, this episode is going to be a lot of things. This, this whole episode is a controversy coin and we are discussing the ultimate star student. So we are kind of a, it's a very, uh, intersectional episode, you know, we're talking about girl bosses. We're talking about labor. We're talking about, you know, things that are very important to all of us, um, yeah. in our politics, Namely, um, toilet seats, toilet and seats. titties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess now for introductions, uh, I'm Yoshi, and I'll be leading the discussion. Uh, FKA, but that strut. BTS. Uh, AFKMK. Away from keyboard, you know. Ah, ah, okay. <laughs> it's a um, tablet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming to you live from uh, West Silly, um, you have DJ Lucy Fur. Olivia Chillin. Just chilling in Cedar Rapids. Ch- Ch- Chilivia. <laughs> Chilivia. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> and uh, Hannah Le Petit Prince. We're all here. And we've already had our drink. We've already got that. I might have to add that later. So Yeah. <laughs> no worries. It happens. But uh, so, yeah. I mean, so the show is six episodes. Um, very brief. Such a short time life of watched. yeah definitely shortest shortest show and honestly for me i really do like anime that that are that short i almost uh especially growing up before anime was like my priority for watching i always thought it was like an amazing uh, palate cleanser like it would be like you watch whatever shows or movies and then you're like oh i could watch 10 episodes of this kind of like reset the clocks and then start a different show but like now that it's you know anime is really like literally when i watch tv i'm watching anime um it's taken on a different meaning because like a lot of shows that are shorter uh bigger impact like like it like an flcl where it's six episodes and look at where it's at um in terms of like in people's consciousness but uh anyway 
The show follows uh, Kentaro going from job to job, wandering around Japan uh, on his bike. His bike's name is Crescent Moon. And he goes from town to town, picking up uh, random jobs and always studying, always learning. And a lot of the show explores uh, the inner workings of his world and the inner workings of the worlds around him. But it's definitely a lot about fantasy and sexuality. Um, I think one thing I want to note, too, before we even really get into the conversation is that um, there might be uh, times in our discussion that it might sound like we're objectifying some of the women just because of the nature of the show. <laughs> just like the way because of the Speak presentation, <laughs> I want I want I want to put that out there and say that, like the, the presentation, the way the show is done, it might come off that way when we talk about it. Um, I mean, it's the nature of the genre in a way. Yeah. Uh, but let's see how we speak about it. Yeah, and that's and that's something. <laughs> that being said, you know who we are. Yeah. You know how we do things. So we will. I think. I think we're capable of leading. And I'm. You know, I I was surprised. Um, like I thought, I was wondering, like how uh, how well would the show live up to like the present moment. <laughs> It's an interesting present, like, like, it well, just... when did you first okay, Yeah, so, I guess, so I was introduced to the show when I was, like, 12. Um, so, like, a, a friend, <laughs> a friend of mine, like, his older cousin, like, uh, it's always, like, bringing back, like, cool anime and stuff to watch, and I was always, like, check this out, but, uh, it might have even been, like, free on demand on, like, Optimum or something, like, on the cable box that... There was like one summer where it was just there, and he was like, "Yo, you guys have to watch this. Show. This show's so good." Um, but yeah, so I saw it back then. Um, but before I re- really give away too much of a where I'm at with it, I-, I want to jump into people's first impressions of the show. Um, does anyone, anyone, anyone want to pop off on first impressions? Um, well, so this is a show that you've talked about for a couple of years, um, and I think I've seen the first episode maybe four times now, um, because it was this sort of thing where it'd be like, oh, let's try this out, or oh, Josh would be like, I'm just gonna put this on and see how people respond, and and so I never actually sat down and watched it, um, and having seen the first episode multiple times over the years i am happy with what happened with the rest of the series that being said i i hated the second episode and was like why am i watching this initially but then after the third and fourth episode i was like i i see kind of what's happening here um so i was somehow pleasantly surprised but that was with the having seen the first episode prior loose i yeah i gotta say um it it challenged me in a lot of ways and um i gotta say for i had a very similar experience where first episode i was like okay this is silly like i i kind of see where we're going like let's see what happens with it second episode in i 
hated, not only did I hate Kentaro, but I hated the entire premise of the show from the get-go. And I was just like, I don't know, this is going to be really difficult for me. Like, bless that it's only six episodes. Episode three totally <laughs> turned that around for me. Um, episode three, I think, is actually a really sweet episode and actually, like, shows a lot of the humanity in it. And then episode four, I was like, wait, I need to critically engage with that, with this, with this show. And episode four was where, like, I had a lot of thoughts and feelings that had come up in episode two that were revisited in episode four. And that's why when I went to go see episode four, I was like, oh, you know what? No, I need to start critically engaging with this because there actually is some material here that is worth discussing and worth pulling out. Um, and then uh, I like fifth episode is we'll get into, I guess, what our favorite episode and our least favorite and all of that stuff is. Um, and then I think the sixth episode is like a really cute, um, very meta ending. You know, it's kind of a way to be like, especially with a show that's an OVA as opposed to um, something that was like regularly streamed on a network. Um, I think it's a really interesting way to do like a nod to not only a nod to the medium, like a nod to self to the medium, but also a nod to the production team behind this show specifically. Um, and so I thought I thought it was a really interesting episode just for the format and the way to do a, an episode like that. And then I also actually thought that the ending to the show um wraps it up and almost does bring it into the like into the modern time um because since it is, it is a show from the 90s there is a lot of stuff that um kind of i think sets it apart and so i think um by the end of the episode you get a sense that this is actually something that could be happening now as opposed to something that is so stylized in a story from the past hannah I was just going to say, is the third episode the swimming one? The third episode is the noodle is the shop. Noodle. Episode. It's the noodle. Yeah. And then swimming mm -hmm. and the motorcycle. And motorcycle. Yeah. And then... Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Olivia? Um, yeah, I um, I kind of feel... I mean, going off what Lucy was saying about like the style and how like it can kind of feel like a thing that it is now. Um, one thing I think that made me like it I, so, okay so I feel like this show kind of had to win me over like I kind of had the same feelings as you were I was like oh god this might be hard for me like I don't know how I feel about this um but then I kind of said whatever like I'll throw myself into it and kind of like say fuck it and that it helped because like I think by episode three um I agree like that was a really like wholesome episode that I think kind of made me more engaged with it that I did want to keep saying it to the end. Um, and I do like that it's short, um, but with the style, like I was saying is, I really love that nostalgic 90s style anime. It's, it has such a cool feel to it. I also really enjoy that like the theme song, like it's, it's so interesting to see an anime where the opening isn't like lyrics or like a literal three minute song. Um, but just like a short instrumental thing. And it was like super, it fit really well with the series. Cause I said, you know, it's kind of like a 70s sexploitation movie intro. And I really like that. And I'm a huge fan of like a lot of old media, especially 70s stuff. And I have seen my fair share of 70s sexploitation films. And <laughs> I used to the titties. <laughs> so I'm used to the titties. I don't mind the titties. Um, again, 
had to write the hashtag in my notes. Hashtag it's not hentai. We'll come to that later for some yes. clarification on the genre. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I had to ask. I was like, what is Eki or how do you pronounce it? Etchy. Is it Etchy? Okay. I don't like know. Etchy so anyways. But Etchy sketch. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, the show kind of had to win me over just because of the sexual content. But I think as it goes on and you like at the very end of the first episode when it finally sets at the end, like Kentaro's character, oh, he quit university because he mastered the entire curriculum and he's actually super smart and not a doofus. It's like, okay, like he's maybe there's actually a little bit more <laughs> innocence around him. And I think you kind of get that around episode three. So that kind of helps drive it for me so that I could, I could see it for like the like silly, like sexual comedy that it is um, and not like judge it too hardcore from the first bit where I was like, oh my God, I'm watching hentai right now because those titties be bouncing, but those titties be bouncing and we like that. So yeah, first impression though, um, I so as MK mentioned, Josh has showed the first episode to a lot of people. I am one of those people. <laughs> so I have watched that first episode maybe like a year or two ago. So I kind of knew what I was walking into. Um, and I just think the first episode is so outrageous <laughs> and so hilarious because if we're talking about first impressions, it's Kentaro getting hit by a car. Yes. <laughs> that scene is just funny. And then the woman coming out and her ridiculous outfit. Um, and I just think from that moment, I was like, I'm not going to take this shit seriously. <laughs> and I think I just cackled out loud in every scene she was in um and every time her boobs moved in ridiculous directions because she also was such a boss and was yeah. really like, i'm just gonna throw money at this peasant and then he was like no no i don't need this and she's just like, get your dirty hands off of me. And I'm like, if that's not the energy I want to bring into this world, then I just don't know what energy is out there that's worthwhile. I gotta um, say, I agree. <laughs> and then she drives off. And that shot of her driving off in her car, literally going in ridiculous directions, not safe at all. I literally was like, this is, she's my favorite character. This is outrageous. Um, so I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, I just want to take what I want to take. And like, my view is like, I, I want to cackle and laugh out loud and not like be too deep about it. I'm ready to hear the controversy corner from loose. But part of me is like, yo, Kentaro wants to get down he wants to do all types of things um pretty liberating he's putting his face on that damn toilet yes and i just don't know there's a part of me that like when i saw that i was like this is so creepy this is so creepy and then when he did it in every fucking episode i would just wait for the toilet scene i'd be like i need the toilet scene like where's the toilet where is it it hasn't happened yet <laughs> Yeah, um, it's also funny because the animation itself, it reminds me of, so when they did uh, 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit and they had Jessica Rabbit. The animators literally had a girl walk and they they decided to draw like the natural shape of like as her like breasts bounce. They did the reverse of that so that in the movie, like Jessica Rabbit's character, her boobs are just like a whole different entity. And I was like, every time in the first episode with her, I was just like, she steps out of that car and it's just like, like just immediately boing and I'm like dude this is so fucking and this is another reason too like you're saying Hannah at first I'm like I don't know about all crazy sexualization of women and this and then I'm like dude this is fucking hilarious like how can you how like this whole thing is about a show about a perv how can you take this like ultimately seriously when it is this huge comedy and you have someone like that like you said just completely it's so ridiculous. It's so good. We do we do also have to remember, I think, um, and it's important, maybe this could even like segue into what we start discussing next. I don't want to take the reins away from our dungeon manager. <laughs> um, is that um, in like in Western media, there there isn't this audience specifically designated, right? Whereas across the pond, like um, there like are the genres in in literature that including manga are just are just different. You know, I mean, I think the closest we come to it is like there is erotica in bookstores, but then there's, there's also comics. yeah, well, and there's comics, but then there's also like there's like that weird subsection where it's like hot and steamy like sexy stuff but it isn't quite erotica like whatever like 50 shades of gray is like that's not quite erotica but it's like almost it's there self-serious you know well yeah 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 but like I'm, I'm just saying like that is a genre that exists in the western literary sphere that doesn't exist over in japan you know and so then like for us when we're thinking about audience and like when well okay I, I see I see a face you're making, MK, but I'm saying like specifically to our cultural context, like that is a genre that exists specifically within our society and means one specific thing, right? Whereas in that culture, a uh, genre that does not necessarily exist for us, that being etchy or when it's done in the in the manga, it's sign, right? Um, which is specifically designated to young men but different from shonen which it's not teenage boys it's now older men like that is a genre that i mean unless it's like i've never picked up a book in the united states that is specifically for that genre you know but that exists over there and so i think it's important to and keep in mind that like this is not this is not just like some one off like show that is this like a really pervy character like this is this is something that holds archetypes in it you know totally like and maybe this is something again don't want to hijack the the how we're doing this from yoshi over here but maybe that's something we'll get into a little bit later um regarding that um but something that i do think is kind of crucial not only to the nature of the show um but just in animation in general like specifically with cartoons or comics like things are exaggerated and meant to be exaggerated and if we have a character this main character like his whole thing is like he is a perp he has other qualities has this philosophy about you know the world is a classroom all that stuff but it's also very clear like 
he's horny as fuck. And like, of course, he's going to be like looking at these hot ass babes thinking, I want to get with that. And I will do literally anything. And so it's, it's like understandable that with the nature of the show that it's, it's supposed to be exaggerated and out there and ridiculous. And yeah, it's, it's that kind of style that I'm losing my track, but you know what I mean, Yoshi. Something that I think is very funny about the show and like how it doesn't really play into Western tropes is that um, I think a lot of, uh, especially for the male gaze in Western cultures, um, there's not a lot of room for humor. Like, I think a lot of male gaze in Western culture is very self-serious and very, like, about power to the man and control. Um, and, like, having, like... Um, there's actually, like, an arc in the manga where, like, uh, uh, they th- that, like, that Kintaro becomes, like, the head of this group of women and, like, uh, like is basically become, like, they... they uh, it's it's okay they're running an experiment on him it's weird but like he he like gets all this power and is like directing like the women to buy him video games and make him meals and like all this stuff but like it's like that's kind of more of what people are at least like like someone like that the culture we're from that i i'm used to seeing where it's like in in a space where there's like nudity and sexuality even being discussed it's like weird to see the guy being the butt of the joke and like uh and something about the show it's like a it's a like a reversal of what i see a lot where it's like a really cool guy and like these girls are trying to like like compete with each other to be like i want senpai's attention and for him he's like this little like doo-doo bitch and like there's like all (laughs) these amazing like really strong like it's like i'm nothing i'm nothing i'm (laughs) you're and like and uh even like there are moments like where he has opportunities to pursue something sexual and he turns that away. And like, for me, I always see for him, like from Kintaro, like his ultimate goal is to study and like, like it's the pursuit of knowledge. And like, that's really what um, is like his motivating thing. Like in each episode, he's, you know, a lot of what we spend time on is his fantasy and like his envisionment of people. So like, I guess the first other question I want to get into is, so we're talking about like ecchi as a, as a genre. Um, I'm kind of curious for people how um, the the genre of it, how that affects the reading of Kentaro. Because I think like, because a lot of his big thing is set up around studying and work and each episode implies that he does work on things and gets better each time. He always improves. Um, but the show, in terms of screen time, what they, what you spend time with with Kentaro, is his obsessions with the women. So I actually, this is this is one of the like the the moments where I was watching episode two and I was getting really angry and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this at a different time, um, where I was actually like brought back into it and I was like, wait, what if what we're watching is not what's actually happening? What if we're watching his male gaze? And so like the I literally the line and one of my notes from episode two is the nipple does not exist. So like, <laughs> even I, 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 
Yeah, I kid you not. The nipple does not exist. Okay. So like what everything that is happening, like all of these over sexualization of these women. And like, I feel like this, this is like my little conspiracy, my conspiracy corner. Um, because I feel like this even gets like revisited in the final episode where like there are, there are moments when the women that he is obsessing over take ownership over their sexuality and the agency that they that they have within this sphere right and where we are presented in moments where they almost challenge the narrative like here's this guy being really pervy and they're actually kind of like well wait there's like there's a sexual energy here that i'm also attracted to that i am initially turned off by but like come to whatever i have notes on that too but that aside um i think there are moments when there is just like this over-sexualization of these female characters that he's obsessed with. And you're kind of just looking at it and you're like, within the narrative, I understand that like, this is like, this is just your character. And like, we are just like, we're watching the, the point of the show is to just kind of like watch your character unfold. But at the same time, like, then when it's brought back into the plot, like his experience doesn't always match up necessarily with like what he's there, like what job he is there to get done right um and so i think this was something that i think is not actually what is happening but i am holding on to as my little conspiracy corner as like an underlying theme like maybe this is actually what's going on throughout the show just because then in episode six when the woman like the woman he's fantasizing over is the she's the panelist or the colorist yeah, the she paints the the, the, the panels, cells. right? The cells. Um, and so um there's moments when like when she's just drawn, like when they're like just doing shots of the studio where she's just drawn like like a normal anime person, you know? Um, but then like there's moments when it's specifically when he's engaging with her that like all of a sudden her outfit is then tightened and like the shape of her boobs is like expressed and her hips are all of a sudden like jutting out more than they were when she was just like chilling with the bros in the studio, you know? Um, so I, as far as like the way that the genre frames that, I'm interested in, in, whether that is like a like if it's a if if the over exaggeration is over exaggeration purely for comedy or if it's over exaggeration that's like that's playing specifically on that well i i kind of find it funny because based on like what everyone's saying like and how studying is like his main drive but he also like one of his defining features is that he's a pervert is like is his horniness what drives him or is his horniness distracting him from his ultimate goal? Because the fact that he has this drive and he's always sort of like kind of chasing these women in these fantasies, but never tries to execute and never really like goes for it, even when given the opportunity. Like I'm kind of like, I wonder would getting it, like spoil everything i i don't know <laughs> i just have one quick thing to 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 shoot out there i listen i am not here to kink shame whatever his kinks are in the show i'm totally okay with them he is allowed to have whatever kinks he fucking has the whole toilet thing i love that he fetishizes the toilet okay <laughs> go 
off. Okay. Like give yourself a golden shower, whatever you need to do, do it. What I do not like is then when that comes into physical interaction with the women. And that's all I'm going to say moving forward. I think, I don't know. I think his main drive is his learning and his wanting to study, but he also does fantasize about the women a lot. Um, I kind of love that MK. Like it's about the the fantasy, not the reality, which what a lesson. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, And yes, I do love all of Kintara's games. (laughs) um and and i and i'm really i'm not over the nipple does not exist um not not to just be a recap person i am just trying to process like like the audience like everyone else um yeah i mean i don't it's interesting because this is my only introduction into etchy um so i'm not quite sure how that genre impacted my reading of it or didn't. I mean, I just kind of think so much of like, so much, so much of like even just sexualization is an exaggeration of some type of fantasy or some type of idea. So I think like part of the reason I'll just say it, like we all have issues with the second episode is like, she's an underage girl. He's like completely sexualizing her. Um, I mean, and I don't, I, I actually don't know what the dating age or range is in Japan, but I, that's something that does kind of play out in the U.S. or like this idea of like this slutty high, high school student, like you might get older, but high schoolers age always stays the same type of dynamic or like even in the noodle shop episode, like part of me. Uh, like, like, because I'm going to say for the second episode, there was a part of me that thought it was hilarious that this high school girl was like, LOL, I'm going to play with this guy because if he tries to fuck with me, I will literally have him murdered. You know? I'm like, she even says, you're my little toy. I'm like, outrageous. Excuse me. Um, so I do think there's like, I don't know I did kind of enjoy that component of it even though there were parts of it from Kentaro that I was like eh, I'm just gonna ignore that for now um I actually thought the noodle shop episode maybe upset me more um interesting because he's he's like uh, although at the same time like it it maybe upsets me because there's a definitely a component of like all anime shonen or like any genre where it's like you're the protector you're protecting the maiden um which is something like mm, like i'll go off on that fantasy you know and i'm happily dating you know but i do think i thought it was like an exaggeration but i also kind of was like just i really just like let all my inhibitions go watching this so the shot where he's like buttoning the girl back up when the other guy is trying to undress her which is it's assault right and like an assault because you're not getting consent but it also was so fucking ridiculous um and that the two guys just made out i was just like all right whatever i'm just and i and i literally wrote in my notes please don't comment on this scene hannah because there's too much going on and here i am anyway it's the forbidden fruit um (laughs) (laughs) it's just 
to me, I maybe it's just because of the etchy nature, but I just was like, I'm down for this ride. And by the time literally the ride of one's life, the motorcycle episode came around, I was like, fucking take me. Fucking take me. This is the hottest shit I've ever seen in my life. And maybe I'm queer. Maybe I objectify women. I don't know after watching that Because I just was like, yes, yes. Man cannot compete with machine. Go off, girl. I was so down for that ride. And... You know, I that's all I'm gonna say for right now. <laughs> I'm so happy that you ended on that note because fucking biker babe is my favorite babe. And like I'll get into that later because I want us all to like address our favorite babes. I'm very curious. Um, but I, the same thing off of that, like I went through in my notes and I have entire lists of like because I kept like flip-flopping with myself because I was trying to like say, okay, does this show portray like stereotypes for women do are they pigeonholed in like certain fetishized or otherwise like derogatory roles and like for each like reason I could come up for like I think it kind of is I would also play people's advocate and say well actually and then I would come up with counterpoints because we have like again all of these women that are you know obviously very sexualized by the main character that you know he's fantasizing about them and ogling them um but we also have some characters like with the first episode like she's a boss ass bitch who literally runs the company she is she a bitch yes and the same thing with the uh the oh my god what's her name the swimming coach oh my god um ayuko ayuko Uh, yeah like same thing she is a dominating personality and like that's very fetishized and he's like oh my god please tell me what to do but at the same time, like, yeah, she's dominating. Like, she's the head coach of this. Like, she's an Olympic gold medalist. She has students that she wants them to reach their full potential. Of course, she's going to be dominating. Um, but then we also have characters where the same thing with the um, the girl whose family runs the noodle restaurant. Oh, my God. Noriko. Um, Noriko, Same yeah. thing. I'm like, okay, well, is this a classic example of damsel in distress where, like, a man has to come and save her? But then again, you abandon yourself to the nature of the show where you're like, this is so motherfucking ridiculous. Like, I just kept doing the same thing where I would think this is so ridiculous. Why am I even trying to make like a full argument? But then other shit happens and I'm like, fuck, I'm objectifying women because this biker babe is so fucking hot and she's just straight up coming on a motorbike and I'm totally ready for it. And I love it. And I think, and I'm like, fuck me and my boyfriend are sitting here watching the same thing and I'm like yo yeah that's nice I that's nice and like maybe I have ingrained shit in me where I'm objectifying women even though I am a woman you know you're just like sitting there you're like you're just like maybe he can't compete (laughs) (laughs) my favorite thing is so with his character talking about like if sex for him is a distraction like I think it does, I don't know if it gets in the way of his studies, but I think it's a part of his studies because you see him write it down in the notebook, even though he has these, like, again, crazy boobalicious drawings of all these women. Like, it's a part, like, everything is a lesson. Everything is educational. And, like, these women are also providing lessons for him, just like how in the end of each episode, like, he kind of provides a lesson for them um, in a way, or, like, they're both learning from one another. 
it's it's a part of everything and so I don't I obviously like being a human you're gonna be like fucking turned on and be a horny little freak but (laughs) he still doesn't take like you said like he doesn't he never sticks around long enough to actually like fuck them or like get that you know but he'll literally do anything like with biker babe he is literally riding on a fucking like electrical wire like a power line (laughs) just fucking i don't care if i fucking die like i'm she's hot as fuck like i've got to do this like he'll literally do anything (laughs) anything (laughs) but like at the end though he stills going and he survives miraculously he makes it and she's like oh my god you have to fuck me where are you going <laughs> fuck me and like he's just like bye i'll see you next episode or whatever like you know all right done who goes next as, as a quick response i'll just say i think it's implied at the end of every episode it's open whether he knows the other person wants him or not because it's like yeah, each episode, there's a reason for them to leave. And literally the motorcycle episode, he's like, I can't stop my bike. <laughs> you know? oh. yeah. he's, like, he's like riding a bike that the brakes don't work, you know? <laughs> it was like Chekhov's brakes because the, they started that episode. He's like, I got to change these brakes soon. <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. It really was a freaking Chekhov's gun. Oh it's fucking it's it's fantastic continuity between episodes and from like the beginning of one absurdist episode to the end of the other and like i gotta say like that is very true like i do have to very often with the show i struggle with disengaging my like my academic or like my social my like moral brain from just like what is literally absurdity, like from start to finish, like each episode is absurdist in itself, but like the entire show is absurdist in a way, like, and that's not the point I wanted to make. The point that I was really like Macarena-ing off on while Olivia was speaking was, I think the women are extremely compelling characters in this story. And I do agree. I think part of what his fetish is, is that he like, well, there's the dominating thing, like, column a but then column b right like i think that part of his learning thing the fact that he is constantly wanting to be challenged and he is constantly wanting to start at ground zero and then like go to 100 as fast as he can with whatever he can i think in like some weird absurdist like backwards like not predatory but like what he seeks out are these compelling women that he knows he's going to learn a lot from and he just also happens to fetishize them and like become really like hot and horny with them or off of them which like understandable they're gorgeous women but then it's also like you know so there's like there's like a lot going on there the women are compelling like i fucking love every single I, I love every single one of them, if I'm going to say it. There's one of them that I'm not going to invite to the family reunion, but, like... <laughs> well, and I, I think that also if if his... If we're trying to think of, like, archetypes and, and each character as, like, this, like, stereotypical archetype or whatever, um, if he's the student, if that's his number one trait, this a student is inherently submissive because they I mean, are... yeah, who hasn't gotten like a little hot and horny off a off a little 
please teach me. Um, please so teach me. I, I think that's kind of like a, a at least that kind of goes hand in hand. So if if he wants to be dominated, if he wants to be this one, if he like he's like like literally glorifying these women part I think that it it makes sense in his role of student or learner to also be sort of like submissive or uh, you know wanting to be dominated um, that being said just a note earlier I thought it was kind of funny if we're if we're bringing up like the archetypes of these women the actual episode title of the noodle show, it calls her the virgin which it does call her I the virgin was kind of weird because the only one that specifically said they were a virgin was the high schooler. That's yeah. the one that like- Well, and we like, we never even know like his status, honestly. Tintaro? Yeah. yeah, we never know his status. For, further readings will give you answers. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Judging off of the thing I briefly Googled before we started this, I'm gonna go with not a virgin. Uh. <laughs> Just because I saw shit, but <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, and I, and I know I, it, it's interesting because I feel like when I watch the show, the need to be like, here's some of the stuff that's problematic and whatever. Um, but honestly, when I watched the show, I was like, I'm going to share the same exact gaze as Kentaro and I'm going to love every second of it. Like... <laughs> And I, so even every second that these like powerful women were dominating and sexualizing, I just was like, yes, like dominate him. (laughs) (laughs) It was really, I was just enjoying like every second of it. Um, And also as two very side comments that I just want to input and there's no real, real way to, to add them onto any theme. Noodle shop episode, I guess, with the quote unquote virgin. Um, her date outfit was really on point. And I <laughs> yes, was, was. mad at yes, myself to say that. And second of all, the scene in which um in the tech episode, the first episode, when she's mad at Kentaro because he pretty much fucks everything up. Um and and he's like, I'm so sorry. And he's on his knees because he's always on his knees begging for apology in all of the episodes, which is like <laughs> appropriate. Um, but she spits in his mouth and then there's the shot of him like, eh, <laughs> and I fucking live for that Yes, scene. yes, I, I agree. For that scene. And it's because of that scene that I'm just like, you know what? It's... If there's something you don't like, that scene redeems it. If there's something you like, that scene's better than that. You know, it's just that scene is everything. I do gotta me. say that is and that it, is a beautiful animation. That entire thing from start to finish. Ah, oh, oh, it's so good. And you know, I was just very much there for that. And when I saw that, I was like, mm. Kentaro is just down for that ride. And I just was like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, also, I have found myself um, during these dark days in these times of quarantine. I actually think the show was really what I needed. And I found myself throughout the day hearing the background music of the show, like the. Which is fantastic. 
da da da. It's been following me throughout my day, and I it might drive me mad, but right now it's keeping me sane. The entire soundtrack is beautiful, honestly. I was gonna say it's funny that that's one following you around because every time I do something, I just hear da 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 da. Like really mundane, like really surprising and like out there um but yeah just to go off what you said hannah like it's big i think i initially was i thought i was gonna have trouble with it because like you said i had to fight the kind of like what is good representation what is this actually saying like intellectual kind of brain turd i don't fucking know but the at the end of the day like i'm watching it it's fucking hilarious and i'm like yo these babes are hot and like i'm a human being and i i'm not an asexual person i very much enjoy sex and sexy things and sexy people and i guess this (laughs) means sexy cartoons and like it's just like one of those things where it's also like you said he's literally down for the ride like everything's a classroom he he has his own kinks and he's like, all right, whatever. I'm down for anyone else's shit too, because this is a learning experience. I'm just gonna go with it. I'm gonna roll right on in and just whatever. Who gives a shit? Like I'm there for it. New experiences, new days, new lessons. Well, and I think that's kind of, it's it's fun because it's kind of like taking a yes and practice to its extreme where it's like, in order to be a good learner, or a good student, you have to be open-minded. In order to be open-minded, you have to be okay with trying all these things. And it kind of like goes from, all right, let's start. And literally he was in like a college and then he left the college because he's like, there's more in the world I need to learn. So he goes out to learn from these jobs, but then he's like, all right, but let's let's go further. Let's push it a little bit. And then he's like loving on seats and when ladies spit in his mouth, you know? And it's just sort of like, it, it's, kind of just being completely dedicated to being that open-minded that you're not going to say no to anything. You're like, well, I'll try it. <laughs> it just uh, real quick, real quick. Is there a scene, am I making this up when I watched this really drunk one night or is there a scene where when he's washing the toilet, the bidet literally splashes in his face? Oh, it's I mean, in the first he, episode. Is that the first episode? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not yeah. only was well, like, oh, hey, a bidet. And then afterwards, oh yeah, cool. A bidet that literally comes on his face sick awesome a golden shower (laughs) yes some water sports so the next question that i want to get to i guess um like uh with a brief little thing before it like you know i've like joked before that something about the show is uh its component about labor um and literally the show is like around jobs and like kintaro got sick of learning at school and wanted to like learn from and from like things actually going down and so each episode is about a job so like each episode you actually get detail of these different experiences like like the first that you know uh you have the politics which to me there's problems with because he does like he presents it and is like wow look this is corrupt but does nothing about it um and doesn't even pretend to or like have an opinion about it but uh you know, no, it, it cuts it, to the shot where they're like, you're gonna all get, like, go to, like, an adult massage yeah. place. And he's like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, each, ep- each, each episode makes an effort to actually, like, inject a little bit of information about the jobs. 
like mm-hmm. the software episode they talk about programming languages the noodle shop there's like they talk about like the techniques and stuff the firmness um, of the noodle yeah and like especially especially the last episode when they like really step by step go through the process i mean i would say ep- oh no actually episode five too is educational yeah uh, so educational um so like, educational when, is like, it very <laughs> back off my it's very hannah and education is what you take away, not what you're given. But uh, that's called a boom sleigh. <laughs> yes, like boom sleigh. <laughs> the face you're making is not good for podcasts, <laughs> but I can see it. I see what you're doing, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my face, Josh. <laughs> no, God there. damn it, <laughs> Hannah! You have resting disgust face. There, so I guess like to like get towards any any question or around that, um, like, do you think that the show like the show did enough about labor, or like was it like, or do you think it was almost just kind of like the excuse to get into that world was the job, or like was the job actually a bigger part of Kintaro's life? Anyway. As the as the local union organizer. This show did its job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I I loved the scene in which it's the sixth episode um, about animation and Kentaro um, goes on a huge rant on the importance of animation, which like also doubles as a reason why I love anime in general. So I just was like, (laughs) yes. but he also has a line where he says no. I I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, in I, have it, I have it. I uh, have it. You have no, There is there is no job that is meaningless. That's the line, and I love that line. And it is it it rings so true. We are so interconnected. Our jobs, our work, our labor is so interconnected. We cannot function without each other. And I actually think it, it like understanding that is such an important concept and Kentaro inherently understands that there is technique and value and and an art and a craft to every form to everything around us and I think that is the belief of the author as well and the maker of this anime um because they they talk about the breakdown relationship between student and teacher and how the world can teach us so much beyond just school and classes. Um, I find myself having a better perspective on things when I actually think how much I've learned or reflect on how much I've learned a couple months later. That's actually been something that I think protects me from getting bored in a position or feeling like, you know, I, I'm just on some type of ladder. Um, I feel like there's this very like horizontal component to that. And I and I love I I just love that line so much. But however, on that same point, Kentaro, I, I think it's a joke in the anime that they always end the episode being like, he is a part-timer. And it's like they have never worked part-time in their goddamn life. This bitch is working overtime in every job that they're in and not getting paid enough 
clearly they are exploited everywhere they go you know using that you know if you're just passionate about your job that's good enough no it's not form a union get paid girl you know but also I loved the shot how meta the sixth episode was I'm sorry I always go in rants but in the sixth episode, it was such a meta breakdown. They showed real photographs in the episodes of people's offices. I thought it was hilarious, so beautiful, so realistic. I mean, the show was just such a joy. Um, but also, I mean, animators work so many hours. Um, so as much as I just love and I'm so passionate about anime, it's like, man, that is such a reality. Well, that is, if I could just jump in for, and then I see Luce in but, um, like, just in terms of the, like, using the word exploitation, like, <laughs> there is the exploitation of labor, but then you also have the sexual exploitation of the show. And, like, there's just these layers of exploitation that are kind of working, never exactly in the exact same place, but they're happening all throughout around him, and, like, he's almost, like, a vector for all this exploitation. It's, like, his, his I mean, body... Like, I like, work harder for those I love too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Listen. Okay. I am right there with you. Listen. I think Kintaro is like. I, I think he's of the people. Okay. I don't think there's any discussion of it. He literally <laughs> leaves the ivory tower. I'm. Listen. Uh, he leaves the ivory tower to go like be like to go be like. You know what? There is more knowledge in life than I can ever gain in these walls and you know what just because i have mastered one skill does not mean i cannot go and master another there is nothing more humble than starting from the beginning that is beautiful you know i am there for it especially since i'm like very obsessed with the sims right now and sidebar might be starting a sims blog what Ooh. um hello stay in tuned you know how i love to cross plug all my products <laughs> my body I don't wanna... my product my body my products my okay yes okay yes yes i i did say i was not gonna kink shame anyone and that includes myself okay my body my products hashtag um i almost wish the show was a little more gay so that we could apply the hashtag gay for hire to kinkaro <laughs> um unfortunately i do not think we can um but you know really makes you wonder the the many uses of um utility and i yeah i just i think he's great i think he goes and he fully explores and he has a passion like he literally approaches each job with being this is my passion you know like i in in terms of labor i i, I feel like i share a kind of a similar relationship or I love in the sixth episode, everyone starts calling him Kinchan instead of Kintaro. Uh, I, I thought that was really cute. Um, what does that mean, MK? Well, like, uh, it's just a shortening of his name. Like, Chan adding C-H-A-N to the end of a name is like a, it's... Um, friendly. Yeah, like a, like a friendly, it's usually... usually it's definitely way better than Hentaikun, which is what they call him throughout most of it, which literally <laughs> just means pervert that I do not yeah. want to associate with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's much uh, nicer than than just calling him pervert. Uh, yeah, which they mostly call him pervert. <laughs> um, 
but uh uh you know kin just sh- shortened from kintaro but uh i i think that what you said i think kind of the the horizontal education of um having a lot of different jobs i so i'm currently i actually think in the job i've had the longest um very rarely have I ever had a job for more than a year because it's one of those things where, especially if it's a minimum wage job, I'm like, I'll stay here long enough to learn what I can learn. And then I'm getting out and moving to something else because why continue to do the same monotonous task if you can learn how to do a different monotonous task, if you're getting paid the same, you know? And I mean, in Kentaro's case, in the swimming episode, he wasn't even getting paid. Like he was doing that shit for free. So I, I understand the like, education or like employment as education or looking at it like an internship um and it's funny to bring up the word exploitation because I had never really thought of him being the one exploited because it's sort of like if you think about the the whole show it's like all right so these women are getting objectified but realistically in most cases women are the ones with power and Kintaro puts himself in the subjugating position of of being um not only not in power as worker but not in power like in like a sexual way i i don't know i i lost where i was going with my point as well there's something also about like the going back for a moment uh to spend with the toilet fetish um that like there is a certain intimacy with hidden labor that like Ooh. that job of like toilet cleaner and like and he's like like oh you know like this person like it's the seat's probably still warm from them sitting here and like obsessing about this thing but like he's cleaning like a toilet like he's cleaning toilets and how like you like um some of the most vulnerable places people can be like like there 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 are jobs there there are jobs in those spaces and like a lot of times those people are invisible or get treated like shit but it's such an intimate space and it's so like close to the people that are employing them but they're just kind of gone and there was actually i think it might have been mk that pointed it out in the fifth episode how there was kind of like a parasite moment um where like uh he's uh, after he gets kicked out, they just casually say that he waited 23 days in the woods for her to come out of the house to ride the motorcycle. It's like etched on the tree. It says oh, 23 yeah. days. Yeah. Like, he's just like hiding in the mountain, like watching the expensive house waiting for the signal. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I, yeah, I definitely want to say shout out to that because that is um i think that actually is like a very powerful unseen component and also like just by act of the the labor that it is the type of labor that it is it is so often invisible so it's interesting to shed light on that space you know um and then uh, again i'm not like i i love his toilet fetish like fucking go off and i just want to say in response to Hannah, I think at the end they do form a union. Like he's got a union going. I think it's so You're special right. how, like, at the very end, like all of his babes come through for him. You have this entire network of. Well, like, oh, and they're also there for each other. Like that's yeah. also really cute, it's you know, all like about the whole thing. And like it, it reminds me how, like, no matter how many jobs you have, and no job is meaningless. Not just in like 
the work that you're doing, but also the people you meet through it and like what opportunity or open up for you in the future. It's like, there it is, like plain as day. You know, he was like, oh, I know a person. Oh, I know a person. I know a person. And everything from, you know, the high schooler that loses an inviting to the reunion <laughs> to, you know, the girl who's providing lunch for them. And like, all of a sudden, you know, the woman who's going to be having someone film her so they can animate how swimming works with a human body. One thing about that part at the end of the show, how like they all get together. What I think is so funny about that, though, and almost like a knock on Kentaro, is that like he 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 the only organizing he really does of labor is for that part. <laughs> he just gets yeah. all of them together yep. to do that. But but then when they're all together, he runs away and can't face them. Yeah, and everyone's you know? like, "Oh my god, where did he leave already? Where did he go?" And it's like, dude, he's always been. I question about that though. Did he? Did he leave because he thought the film was a failure? Yeah, he left Ooh. because he thought the film was a failure. It's right? Every episode is left ambiguous. Because, like, I got the... Cause he it's like, he had a reason, however, of him being like, oh my god, I can't face this failure. Although in other episodes, he's always been like, I'm going to forwardly apologize for any of my failures so there's an argument both ways that he both could not face those women or that he thought it was a failure and could not face those women i think it's open to interpretation well, because even the director like thought it was a failure until he realized that people were clapping and when you realize that most of the people in the audience were people who had a stake in the production it was like oh wait this like this this is not just a project like a visual project this is a project like this is a studio project like this is what lands us as like a group well and i i think well he looked over at chi or chai the animator woman and was like saw her taking notes and was like oh my god it's not good but it's like if you work in animation and you watch an animation or you watch what you do you're gonna see where you messed up you're gonna see the things you can improve on so i think it's like I, it makes sense that those people weren't enjoying it because it's their own work versus the people who just had a sort of small part in it who don't normally work in animation of course they're gonna plus, be it. plus she's the character that like you kind of like are like go on to believe that like she takes on that role of always having to be a student right where like she gains that humility of being like oh I must always learn because she's the one taking notes not because it's not good enough but because she's like oh we can always do better we can always learn um so this it kind of goes to we were talking about this this is what I'm remembering that I fucking didn't earlier when I lost my train of thought and was trying to stop my cat from doing dumb shit uh, I wonder how many, like, Easter eggs in the sixth episode was, like, just for the people working on this show that, like, we didn't get. Um, but what I did notice in that episode, very briefly in the background, I'm pretty sure, again, it's quarantine. I definitely was drunk when I was watching this. Um, but I'm pretty sure that there's the poster in the back when and it says instead of golden boy girl okay yes okay right and like i'm wondering like that paired with the actual shots of animators desks i'm wondering all right who on this show like whose desk is that 
And I'm wondering how many Easter eggs we missed. Well, so something with the directory, he like it at least it, Wikipedia lets you know that something that he in his work is that he incorporates his like so he like he'll like take like facial expressions things like that from people in the workplace that he and then use those in the so like that whole episode really is not just like a love letter to animation but like to exactly yeah and like that's what's so cool it's it's very meta very like that's such a wholesome thing that's from the other side of it not just from like the series itself but on it as far as like the meta goes that's yeah. a really cool aspect that i appreciate yeah i see Hannah. i just think that's such a a joy to incorporate the people in your workplace in that um i loved the final episode i loved how everyone was incorporated i don't want to like go over what we already went over um but an earlier comment that i had just been thinking about in terms of like studying um is though i'm older than kentaro i'm not too far in age and so even this reality and this thought of oh i don't have to like already have had years of practice in a work or in a practice or in an art form or in a whatever um to just start it you know like he starts it when he's 25 not when he's like eight and becomes a prodigy um he's just like i really want to learn this practice and be really good and the fantasy at which, which the fantasy is what's fun for me i think um the fantasy is that he either becomes good through hard work, which I don't think is always the case in reality. Um, and that seems brutal as fuck, but I'll just let it land. Um, or, you know, you know, maybe you're not instantly great at law school and you drop out because you learn the curriculum. Like that's a fantasy, you know, the fantasy of all these like very amazing, amazing women falling in love with him. And like, shit, that's a great fantasy. I'll take that on for the time being. But I I do really appreciate and kind of very realistically in my own life take away learning is from everywhere. And um, hell yeah, you can start a trade, a practice, an apprenticeship anywhere at any time. Like learning is forever. One thing I just want to say, and I think Olivia's next, but just talking about like the fantasy part um coming back to like the labor for a minute like i you know i think a lot of us have worked different kinds of jobs like i've been in retail i've been in food i've been in manufacturing like um one thing that's common to all of it though is like there is an element of fantasy in your mind like there like you have downtime where like you're kind of trapped in your work so like your brain is going to explore different avenues you're going to like just daydream and like have all these other adventures that you go on in your head in an office, you know? And like, there's something that's almost like, it's like this interesting play between Kentaro's freedom and the entrapment of work. And like, he has this freedom to go from place to place, but then like a lot of the people that he interacts with and learns from have been doing that their whole life and are in this one place. And like, in some ways, like labor traps you, but then in another way, like it's, a, a means to him like accumulating towards just his goal of knowledge 
I yeah, I mean, I just got to say as like as someone who's literally like my first job I had I, like first actual job that was like paid under the table regularly was probably 14. But I think I remember working my first job when I was 12. Like, I think that is um, something that I definitely read into a lot in my in like my experience of Kintara's character is like the fact that you could float from job to job and learn so much from life. Like, I, it's very similar to what my experience has been like, you know, like I have floated from job to job and have learned something different and something like very ground level. And I feel like basic to humanity in each of those. Um, and so I, I like I do I do despite all my feelings of Kintaro and how much I have to like how much of myself I have to cut away to like actually just like watch this show and just purely enjoy it like um that is something that I actually find as like a very honest character trait of him I think also that there is a huge difference between the sub and the dub which thank Mm -hmm. you Yoshi Mm -hmm. for pointing out early I had already watched maybe one and a half episodes of the dub and I hated it. And other than the animation, I was like, this blows, what the fuck? And the sub I enjoyed, it seems like in the dub, it's almost like him floating from job to job isn't a part of his philosophy and more like he's a fuck up who just is doing one job after the other. Because he's such a doofus in the dub. Like, it just, it felt so gross. And, like, it just felt weird. I think I wrote in my notes, like, if so, I if someone caught me watching this show, if I was watching the dub and caught me watching it, I would literally die. Like, it sucked. It just made me not Watch feel dumb. It was fucked up and weird. And, like, it just made him such a huge doofus. And at least in the sub, like, he comes across as more likable. And, like, yeah, of course he's, like, clumsy and like maybe a little bit like less aware but then he also isn't like he's completely aware of everything that's going on around him he's has his notebook like studying his life like it comes across much more likable and approachable and like less like a complete creep and more like okay you're just like kind of a you know a likable pervert character like you're just a (laughs) dude who has a lot of uh interesting fantasies but at the end of the day like it's still it, it makes it makes it feel like he isn't like bouncing from job to job because he can't hold the job but because he has to keep moving and he has to keep learning the next thing the next lesson he has to go to the next spot that's going to teach him the most and get the most out of that experience yeah i got to say um i could not make it through even episode 1 on the dub i tried really difficult and um Yoshia and I were even talking about this where I was just like it's not that it's poor dubbing like the quality of the dubbing is actually like it's perfectly fine it's just it completely ruins the characterization not only of Kintaro but of everyone in the show it just complete it makes it a completely different show and it for me it makes it completely unbearable like especially having experienced the sub already i could not i could not make it through one episode of the dub it sucked 
it was so bad and <laughs> when I was watching the dub that's why I think my initial impression I wrote verbatim in my notes oh my god this is some late night tv show that some <laughs> dumbass like pubescent weeaboo is gonna jerk off to while their mom's downstairs in the kitchen this is, is no content this is literally just some like it's not actual form because it's on TV, like kind of thing for some like kid watching Adult Swim would watch. I don't know, but that's literally because I'm dumb. And I was like, this is so atrocious. I hate it. But dub, it actually felt a little bit more, it made more sense. And I got, I got the genre. I got, do I dare to say campiness of it? Yeah. I don't know if I would qualify this as campiness, but I feel like it has campy elements. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, yeah. I would definitely. So like, I feel like that read so much more, but if it was, if it's the dub, it just looks like trash. It looks like before I converted, when I was an anime hater, uh, it, it seems like what I would have used as is like why anime is trash. <laughs> but then you watch the <laughs> sub and it's like, okay, totally different. We're Gucci, we're good. But I, I will confess, I always, I'm like, I always watch dub. So this whole controversy is completely lost on me because I am like such a dub snob that I'm like, aha, you even tried sub? Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to say, I know, you some controversy going to another level. I'm a right. music. No, 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 no. <laughs> What? I literally what? Was the only watched the mix up. Everyone I cannot, It was radio I cannot, silent. Someone just take me out. Take me out right now, <laughs> like a mother in anime. Just take me out. Um, I only, I only watch sub. I fucking only watch sub in anime. Part of it is because I don't want Christine, my partner, making fun of me when I watch anime. Right. Like if you don't understand, you have no right to comment. Exactly, exactly. Um, particularly with Golden Boy, I was yes! like, no way did yes. she understand what's going on at all. Like, no, no. Um, but yes, I truly like am a sub snob. I cannot. I yeah, I'm a sub snob. Someone took over my fucking body earlier. I don't know. Um, I I just love the Crunchyroll sketch that made fun of dub versus sub but yeah i've seen it um we should send a link or something in this episode it's very funny but yeah this controversy is is lost on me yeah it's like i think the only dub shows i can go back and watch is like i so obviously yuri by yoshi and mk i was told to watch dub which i think it is a much different experience um and then everything and a else beautiful like, experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everything else I can watch dub is like Pokemon because that's what I grew up with. And like maybe Sailor because that's what I grew up with. Also, <laughs> like everything else I'm like, no, no, no. No. Well, I think for me, the one episode that um, really highlight the, the episode that read. really highlight- What? Sorry. What? <laughs> I just said read, bitches. Oh, read. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zebra cat. I love reading and read. I'm a 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 read. Also, link zebra cats in this video, please, Joshi. Yeah. Thank you. So, this will actually transition pretty well into uh, one of the last parts. Um, 
side tangent for a second. So uh, Murakami is like an author that I'm very into reading. Oh, his yeah. books, but he had a book about his writing process. Like I think what I talk about when I talk about writing or talk, talk, talk about running. There you go. Um, anyway, sorry. He talks about translation and how a lot of he would write it in English because it was his second language and then would translate it back to Japanese because then he would make the language simpler. He would be able to like get to the core of his idea and just keep it very straightforward and simple. Um, so I That's think like, amazing. yeah. And like, but I think like something with the sub over the dub with Golden Boy is that even when Kintaro's being like absurd and like arguing, even when they're arguing back and forth with people, like the arguments are always more articulate and clear in the translation, like at the bottom of the screen. Like, I think the dub almost just, like, um, you get too caught up in, like, his, like, uh, his, like, doofiness that, like, you're, like, that's distracting you from what they're saying. Whereas, like, when you're reading the text at the bottom, it's, like, they're exactly at the point they're trying to make towards each other. And I think the episode for me that highlights the distinction the most that felt like I was it felt like a completely different show when I watched it in the sub was the swimming episode um and this will transition into um favorite episode and favorite characters that we resonated with because for me my favorite episode was definitely the swimming episode and I think that like it really was like because I, when I was 12, I saw it in the dub. And I actually never finished the show originally. I thought I did, but I only watched episode four in, in my youth. And then this time around, we actually watched it complete in the dub and then in the sub. Um, so episode five and six, I'd never seen either way. But going back and doing it with the sub, the swimming episode was just like... I. From start to finish, I felt like the writing was different. The, it was directed different. Like it was it, like the, the whole episode was literally about the chase. And it, this was the first time that he got the job because he was interested in someone. And like it wasn't just like he met someone while he was working. He was like that person. I'm just literally going to follow them into their building. And like when he's there, it's just like when confronted, like uh, I'm looking for work and it's always true. So like it worked out for him and um, it carried him. But like the whole episode was the chase of this wild beast that he saw in like, in like the swimmer's eyes. And like the, the point he finally catches up to her is the climax of the episode and then he gets kicked out. And so like the whole episode is a chase thing. And like, but like the, the way that it's directed and like framed around a chase and how it's literally a swimming competition and he has to catch up to her and like literally like get there with the speed like i just and also the the scene of him first swimming i think encapsulates like his character and his and the show where it's just like let me prove to you what i've got and then it's just this insanely i we were cracking up so much during That's this my episode favorite scene and it's my that, favorite and scene it was it was animated so well and it was just so funny and, and the then timing. and then just the end he puts <laughs> his hand on the wall it and just turns keeps back going just keeps and going yes. and going. It's hilarious. Yes. And then his serious face where he's like, how'd I do? 
(laughs) yes no and i gotta say so like one of my favorite aspects about this show is like obviously the over exaggeration of the faces but specifically i want to like focus in on how much they're like masks but they're also like very representative of what they're actually feeling as opposed to a face that the character could actually make Mm -hmm. and at the same time i love just like how villainous and how serious they can be in moments like and just like how like if you took those de- those facial details and put it on like a Dragon Ball Z character you would be like oh yeah I totally get it but seeing it on them is just hilarious but there's like when he sees the uh, the gangsters talking to the bike shop guy and he like gets all serious and then walks up to them and then just turns the corner <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like you just have these moments him that it's just like it snaps and like from this completely goofy to completely serious and like the show is just like it it removes this sort of uh like air of prestige it's not a prestigious show even though it has created a second life of its own so this is the transition into favorite episode slash favorite person because i think for me it kind of worked out that my person was also like like favorite episode like like the swimming person just that whole world i loved all i loved all of that bless you Salud. um but yeah so i think for me i would say favorite episode the swimming episode as well as that that being like the favorite he interacts with in, in his workspace oh it's me first or hannah first Luce, then hannah Oh, okay. Thanks. Wow. Um, I okay. So these are these are my nominations. These are my confessions. Um, I wow. I was really prepared for this, and now I feel very put on the spot. Um, okay. I want to say that I think my favorite chick is motorcycle girl i she's literally my ride or die like i have never found someone who matched that more accurately than that character um i want to say probably hmm, favorite episode wow okay so i think um, I think favorite personal episode, the one that I feel most connected with, is definitely the sixth episode. I think best directed episode, definitely the fourth episode. The pool episode is just like it's a masterpiece. Yeah, you know, that it's like it's a work of art in and of itself. Like it completely changes. Like it's sh- it's the moment in which y- the show shifts, and like the third episode, like you think like Noodle Shop, brief reprieve from all of this crazy stuff. Like you're like, oh, okay, cute, like whatever. But like I feel like like directorial debut. If you put that fourth episode out there, boom, you would win awards, you know, type thing. Even though. It is the episode that features the incident between Kintaro and a woman that I hate the most. Which is? Which is the moment where he literally sit, like sucks on her punani and like, <laughs> like but that in the pool that, in when, the pool when, I yeah. loved that yeah but that I loved that when he sucks I have feelings about it fight Hannah do it 
But there's the moment where he sucks the water down and then, just, and then just goes like, and then back to serious. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do love that. I do, I do really, really love that. Um, I do just also feel very validated when she punches him in that episode. I just, I feel very validated. One thing to Definitely. add to what you were saying about how the swimming episode is a turning point. Yes. Um, they were literally made in different years. So the first three episodes are in 95. And the second three are in 96. Same so, studio, right? Like same. same yeah, same, same everything. Yeah. But, but there is like a gap between them. It's almost like. There's a shift. So that they're like, it really is. Had time to refocus. Like, exactly. Well, and because because four, five and six just Ooh. feel like the caliber steps up. Like, mm-hmm. and like each of the, the pacing is different. The direction is. is different. It is. The jokes. Honestly, the quality but is. The first three and the last three are almost like it because it, Josh and I watching it, having seen it several times at this point, it's just this moment where you're like, wait, this is like something shifts like it's not the same show. <laughs> yeah. Um. I Yeah. So I, I'd say just to finish off my point. Sorry. Um. I would say that um, y'all know how I feel about who I would not invite to the reunion and i just want to i just want to clarify okay because it was made clear to me before that maybe i had not clarified it's not because i have any specific feelings towards naoko okay it's not that i hate her it's not that i don't think that she would like add to the joy of a like reality tv show reunion this this is the one he's tutoring yeah, 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 yeah. This is like this is girl from second episode, right? Yeah. Woman from second episode. Um, I just think that there are way too many fire starters in this group. That if we brought the energy that she is bringing to this group, like it, that would be the dissolution. Like that would like studio is on fire. Like. <laughs> The cast is like calling in five years later to like figure out who's recovered. You know, like they're thinking of filming a side document. I'm going on a tangent. Anyways, that's the only reason why she would not be included. Secretly, it's because I really love her. But I can't, I can't like quite throw that out there when there's also Motorcycle Bay. You feel me? So um, I'm going to end on that. My favorite babe. Absolutely. Reiko, motorcycle babe. Oh my God. Let me just, if we're going to get right down to it, I wrote it down. Let me list it. Freaking, she's, we love her. Number one, titties. Number two, hammer slamming some beer. Number three, Mm. fucking, she's masturbating on her motorcycle. Like, that is kinky. That is completely her own. That's hot. We love that. Like, also, secret double life. Sexy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Knows what she wants. She said, listen, what does she call it? Her Bimo babe? Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, no one can compare to my Bimo babe. I'm like, dude, she knows what she wants. She she knows no, no man can satisfy her like this fucking bike. Holy shit. That's so sick. That's just sick. Also, probably the like, most out there, I think I wrote in my notes, like, does she serve any other purpose besides being this complete, crazy, horny, sexy, kinky freak? 
nothing I can think of. But you know what? I fucking love this episode. <laughs> I honestly, episode. yeah, I gotta agree. I don't even understand her placement and don't where know. it works at like, the time. Like she's just besides, there. Besides her placement <laughs> as like you know the the daughter of a wealthy family for you know Kintaro's next job. Like besides her like kind of going under the guise or keeping it a secret, like her you know her secret life, her secret fetish, her you know her secret world of that. Like other than that, I'm like I don't know why she's here but i'm happy that she was because that's my babe awesome um as far as favorite episode goes i think it might be the sixth one just because it's such a nice wrap-up because it is such a short show um i think it was a very nice little bow on the end of it and you know you get to see all the other characters you met you know throughout the episodes because i was really happy when you know he picked up the phone and you know, you know, Madam yeah. President answered and it was just a really cool tie-in of like everyone coming together and I enjoyed the kind of out-of-the-box Easter egg like bits and pieces of it being in an animation studio and I liked that I saw that poster in the background that was changed. Like I really liked all of the nods to the actual series itself. So I think that's what brought it all together for me it it was a nice bow on the end and I really, really appreciated it I like that one. for me um okay it was hard between motorcycle bay but I think truly I can't just uh huh who I can't get over episode one tech boss lady you yes, cannot madam president yes madam president <laughs> Yeah. First of all, we had that spit scene. True. Second of all, <laughs> it was the intro to the entire fucking show. Okay. Yes, she's the baddest. Yes, she goes the hardest. Yes, her outfits every day. It wasn't a fantasy loose. It wasn't those tits weren't real. It was she this had bitch. the titties and she was ready Listen, to do it. Listen, I didn't say, I did not, I did this? not say the tits weren't real. I said the this. nipple was not real, okay? This bitch and her nipple there, okay? Real. The boyos are here so to real. Plus, I'm dating someone in tech, so there is a little bit of an allegiance there. Um, it may or may not have been the same circumstances I met Christine. <laughs> in my head i don't know um (laughs) can can i hit my moped um but damn you run an all-woman company you fucking just sit outside your window titties out fucking this guy is cleaning your windows and you're just like "Mm, how's it going oh are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> every scene? Every scene is maybe just exactly what I needed. Exactly <laughs> what I needed. And I just can't ignore that. So yeah, she's my bae. She's my everything. She's my girlfriend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, so initially on the watch through, while I was taking my notes, I was swimming person is definitely my favorite but then we got to the bike episode and i was like all right she's really hot but then i was like 
I don't know, but she's just some rich bitch that gets to have an extra warehouse with a bike in it. And she puts <laughs> her fancy kimono up. Wealth kind of turned me off a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm liking this. Born into it versus like Madam President, like has mm-hmm. earned her money as far as we know. Yeah. Um, and I also I feel like fan. But the thing specifically, normally I would never be about a CEO. I'm like, you've done some shit to get to where you are that's bad. But the fact that like they even note on it in the episode that they're like, oh, like we're just sitting around having tea right now, having a break. Like the fact that her workers are to just like chill and how they even mention like it's important to have like these breaks for our like thinking process and how healthy of a work situation that seemed like i was like you know what i actually i like her yeah i like i like the ceo but in my heart of hearts uh the animator was actually my favorite because she was just Aww, like yeah shout out to the doing, right like just doing her little painting she wasn't like super sexy but she was cute like and she was just mm-hmm. doing her thing being like does what i do have meaning i just want to make an impact in the world and so i, I think yeah she i think the animator was actually my favorite but i, I bounced around a lot the only one i didn't like was the high schooler um favorite episode definitely the animation one just because how, how meta it was um but i think this swimming episode is what brought me back into it after being like i don't know how i feel about this show can I can I just make a quick shout out, despite everything that I've said, because all of it is real and I feel it all very 100% truly from the very pitter bottom of my heart. Um, I really do love the like Sade-esque introduction that we get to swimming episode, yes. lady. Like that was some next level, like the music that was playing in the background. I was like- With the Savannah? Yes, like, yeah, I was like, ooh, yes, I'm feeling this. Yeah, so I just got to say that. Sorry, that was that was it. I only have no, one last sidebar. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So I think we, we are heading towards the wrap up. One thing that I just wanted to throw in there, talk like just hearing how we're talking about and like something in like the enjoyment of the. We've done a lot of heavy for the podcast. And yeah. I think during quarantine, having this show was perfect. At least for me. I'm a little... No, definitely. But, like, it was... No, but I think even Hannah said ...and funny. And, like, it was just about... Like, it was just so absurd. And, like, just how much, like, it took you... Like, even even though, like, Kintaro is questionable in a lot of ways. And, like, just what transpired like we could have a lot of feelings the whole show is so captivating and engrossing that like for 20 minutes you're not thinking about what the fuck is happening in the country <laughs> and like all this stuff. yeah it, there's this moment of escape that the show the show really does draw you in like even if it's just for 20 minutes like at a time because like the whole series is less than three hours it could be a movie yeah no that's crazy it's what like an hour 80 minutes i think yeah is total uh, run I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know exactly, but yeah, um, yeah no, I, I just, it's it, like the, the tone of it for me fit well where we are, because like, if we had done like a terror in right now, oh, 
Bitch, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Not only would it be so droney, but all of our anxiety would be fucking triggered. And that's the thing. I like, made the mistake of watching. It's not an anime, but I watched a different show, like Early Quarantine, that is a really good show, and I like it. But it made me so unbelievably anxious. I don't even think I finished the rewatch. Like, I don't even think I finished the series. I didn't. I couldn't do it. And so, yes, yeah, something like this is very needed during yeah. all of this. It's absurdist and ridiculous and hilarious and funny and sexy and weird and. It's like, it is the escapism that you need right now. Not to speak for the whole world, but... Can I have a very selfish request? Yes. Can I have the last line of this episode? Oh, yeah. That's fine. Because uh, I have a really good one right It better be fucking sexy. If it's not sexy as all get out, I'm going to... I don't know what I'm going to do because it's virtual, but I'll do something. Don't worry, Lisa. If someone else talks, I'll delete um so actually like we are like uh with heading towards the end i think a play i really enjoyed when we were recording the minisode the the idea of the game um and just challenging our thinking and and our choices the choices um so i think like the final thought experiment i wanted to have with this show um so the show came out in 1995 Kintaro Oe, 25 years old, exploring the countryside, learning job. The year is 2020. Kintaro Oe is 50 years old. What would you say to 50-year-old Kintaro when you meet them? I'd be like, yo, if you're still a horny pervert, you want to get with this? Let's get it on. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably so much. That's true. He's very smart by now. Okay, you're, you're so you're so wise. Wise. And also, like, if yes. he's in a situation oh, okay, where yes. either he's like, okay, hell yeah, or he's just like, no, let me learn you a thing. And then I learned something cool. Or, I don't know, does something because he's like, oh no, a poor girl in quarantine who has no job. Let me contact five people and then you're good to go. Like, you know, it's like a win. Anything's going to be cool. Yeah. I. Like, I'm just going to say what I would say to any aging person, like, just continue to use protection because, listen, your sex life may not stop, but STIs are real, okay? (laughs) So they will come and get you no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, all right? So you get your kinky ass, old ass shit on. I don't care. Just use protection, please. Hashtag gay for hire. <laughs> I feel like I just asked like what their favorite job's been. Mm-hmm. Like, like what what have you learned the most? What because assuming he's continued the, to live the life as he had, like, or alternatively, if he kept a job, like what kept you there? I, I don't know how much I accidentally talked over Olivia, but I would just say Zaddy all the way, Silver Fox at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to stop being hentai and hot at this point. Um, however, my own twist on it is that I'd really rather meet the girl, the golden girl, mm-hmm. um, as they alluded to in the sixth episode. Because that just sounds like an anime that 
would be wildly, wildly lucrative and popular yeah, in the West. 2021. Um, a Golden Girl with women after her, though? Are you kidding me? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Millions. We need and a reboot. Yeah. We need a reboot with Golden Girl. And you know what? They're called Golden Girl. Yeah. Unknown, attractive to everyone. And exactly. That's that. Exactly. Um, so, does anyone have any last, last word? Um, I'll say something real quick if you want to close it off. Because I was kind of at first a little self conscious about it when it got drawn. Because I almost put it in like a hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and then it got drawn. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, we actually have to discuss this now. But, like, I was surprised, especially with this, like, going back and watching the sub, which I hadn't watched, like, the show lived up surprisingly well and, like, almost went beyond my expectations. Like, I saw it as just, like, I just remember it as, like, oh, it was, like, it was, like, a sexy comedy and, like, he was really goofy. I just remember. But, like, I think, like, it really did, like... You know, you can, like, if, if, you know, the big if, if you can remove yourself a lot of the actual details of the show, I thought that the takeaway of, um, like, the intersectionality of how he's always referencing other jobs and how they the job he's currently, like, how the knowledge is not contained in a single space, but, like, it's pervasive. And, like, he's this thread that connects all these different kinds of parts of the together brings them together and probably started a slack channel for all the <laughs> girls in the, in the sixth episode i don't know what that's like for them but like they all seem to be buddies at the yeah, end yeah they were they're they all okay they're a fucking union yeah and like you know i just think that the show actually like had a lot more depth than, than i even like could have imagined that when i first saw it because obviously it's a mature show by the content and the sexual stuff, but also like I think there's actually good takeaways from as a kid. Like you know, obviously it's like ooh, there's like boobs and stuff, but like I remember like the show was like to me having like just a north star, and for him study and knowledge and like the like having this openness to new experiences and like like. Just the fact that, like, he would take, like, he's always taking notes and, like, always recording stuff down. And, like, how, like, you know, it, it really, like, any experience is, like, what you decide because, like, what you take from it can enrich you later. And, like, it, it, for me, it was just much to it that, like, it, the show had a very special place to all of the sexual stuff aside. Just, like, in what it, what it uh, impressed and like just taking that attitude, like I just his his attitude toward always been super inspiring, like influential as as a young pup. Just to piggyback off that, I do think something that really enlightened me having watching this. Like obviously it was a good, fun and goofy and silly, ridiculous and over the top. But my biggest takeaway from it is his philosophy about how the world is a classroom everything is educational learn something from every situation and person and that's something that i like didn't i didn't think i would walk away from this series having something that i actually would like to apply to my day to day
but I definitely do. It's a very inspiring and applicable philosophy. Well, if this is the end, um, all I can say is that Golden Boy really, truly, surely, absolutely has been educational. Yay. <laughs> wow. And now we go Hi. on picking. We go on to picking the next yeah. show. Yes! Next show. We're doing it not in person. For user, for user reference, our our dear friend Kile that lives with MK and Josh, we've texted them the anime. We want to be entered into this jar. So that we still have no idea what's being entered in between all of us. Precisely. Hashtag so, thank you, Kile. Here we go, Josh. And thank you, Kile. Let's smile. The suspense is still just as great I, even I, I in the virtual setting. What's our next show? What's our next show? What's our next show? Oh, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's on my... <laughs> Who's handwriting? For, for a third time, this is a show I've put in, but it is not my handwriting. <laughs> for a third time, who texted Kyle with Sarazamai? No, it might just be my shitty handwriting. Wait, you put in Sarazamai? <laughs> I have put in Sarazamai. Can I look at that handwriting? That scribble? in the in the left corner and that very poor terrible yeah that's my handwriting Hannah's yeah. choice is Sarazanmai our I'm next Sarazanmai! show Sarazanmai Sarazanmai would you I, like to co-host with me please I, I, I feel simultaneously cursed and blessed <laughs> um <laughs> I I think this is this show is incredible it came out last year fantastic beautiful amazing Came show nowhere blew my mind um it's also the same creator from utena and i just finished watching utena this week so yay cool <laughs> yes <laughs> this is straight up the third time my pick like ah uh, that all of my choices are still in the bowl one day <laughs> Honestly, honestly, it's going to be a moment where, like, it's just, like, boom, 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 like, MK, 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 MK. There's going to be an era of MK on this show. Yeah. yeah. So, it is, as as MK said, amazing um and very, honestly, if you liked Golden Boy, you're going to like Sarah's on my, um, it just has because more titties. No, no titties. No. There's dehydration of titties, but a true, true hydration of butthole. Lots and of butthole. Check it out, girl. Check it out. We're going from titties to butthole. Let's go. Whoa. Yeah, you know, a lot of... A lot of people love to talk about how, like, they made it from the bottom, now we hear, but... We are going top to bottom we because that's how we do it at the Crybaby Anime Club. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we started I guess, bottoming uh, and we're here. So that brings us to the end of 
the episode. Uh, next time around, we'll be doing Sarazan. Uh, honestly, I think our quarantine playlist of shows is actually living up to really being entertaining and fun. Um, I guess that's, that's it. So it's another Bye. edition of the. Cry Baby's out. Bye. Bye. Bye.